0: Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience podcast with Jeanette Blissett. Thought leaders explore the mindset, wellness, and wealth needed to realize next-level transformation. Let's get started. Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett, and today's guest is Adam Hart. Adam is an expert in nervous system regulation and how to get unstuck. He's a best-selling author of The Power of Food, and he is on a mission to help parents transform the daily symptoms of the daily grind into more loving relationships and daily fulfillment. Adam, welcome to the next chapter experience
1: yeah. Looking
0: forward to this conversation and peeling back the layers.
1: Yeah. Thanks to I appreciate you having me.
0: Sure. So tell me a little bit about how all this got started for you.
1: I had lots of layers <laughs> and they were getting heavy. It came for me. It all started from my childhood experience having a disconnect from a loving father and just finding patterns of dismissing my own emotions, feeling a lot of self-sabotage, a lot of thoughts around self-esteem and self-worth. I was then diagnosed ADHD in my teens, put on medication, pulled out of class, put in a separate classroom. So I had a, a lot of dark years in my early years and that perpetuated into sugar addiction which led to me being pre-diabetic and then in my 20s having occupational burnout because I just couldn't manage the stress I was under every day, trying to achieve what everybody in society kept telling me I had to chase. And next thing I knew, I was in a pretty rough spot in my mid-20s and no way out. And those were all those layers that I was mentioning that eventually I found a way to ease them off.
0: I'd love to get into that a little bit, because as I've talked with several of my podcast guests Hmm. who have had these situations or realities in their life and a lot of emotional traumas or these symptoms of some type of illness, many times it happened later in their life. So with you, just shared that in your 20s, you knew that something just wasn't on track.
1: I remember the day I went to my doctor's office and he handed me another prescription. This one was for Lipitor, which is for high cholesterol. And that was the moment he told me, you're pre-diabetic, Adam. Wow. 20, I was 25, 26. And he pretty much just looked at me in the eyes and said, if you don't change what you're doing, essentially alter your lifestyle drastically, you're going to be in trouble. I remember I walked out of the office, the doctor's office. I went to get some sugar, got a coffee, and I probably got a couple of cookies or a muffin. But I do remember I was sitting down and I was looking around at everybody around me. And I could tell that there was an element of Where everybody else was that was very similar to me. Mm -hmm. There was a gentleman with an oxygen mask. He didn't even look that old. There was a lady beside me that had an allergy bracelet on, I noticed, because I had also food allergies. And I could tell, wow, so there's something about most of our life experience that has our mind and body in a state of distress. I just took that as, okay, this is the moment. I have to figure this out. Otherwise... Like, what? That's it. I live the rest of my life off of medication and keep trying different diets and different fitness programs because none of those ever helped me. They didn't make me feel happier. They always made me feel more miserable and more guilty. So I needed to find something that actually made sense. And I just got lucky that I found it.
0: That's amazing. So tell me a little bit about that process because I talked to a lot of people who are not podcast guests, just in general, who are. Mm with trying to find that equilibrium and actually how to find the motivation to seek mm-hmm. out the information.
1: That's it, Hey, eh? The motivation is key. And like we were mentioned before, I stumbled upon a process, but the process that I do now teach and have been teaching for 15 plus years is a process I called the Unleash Your Energy Roadmap. And so as we go into this, just for anybody who hears this, just know that there's more detail that you can get in a download that I have for this. It's at my website, clearimpact.io, and it will outline these six steps even more. What this roadmap showed me was that I actually could work with my life moments, the moments of life where I was being triggered most, in a way where I could regulate myself before I became reactive in those moments. For example, I recognized with sugar, there was a way that I didn't have to actually eliminate sugar or my craving for sugar, I just had to create a pause in my mind's desire to get me to react to the sugar. And if I did the pause and did a very specific practice where I would reset my stress response, my nervous system, reset it, bring it back into the calm state from the fight or flight back to calm, I now had a different place to choose from. The more I practice and practice this, the more my craving shifted in a way where I didn't have to eliminate the sugar I just stopped craving it because I stopped feeding my brain what it wanted, which was the reaction. And then I realized, wow, I could probably do this for every part of the life, my life where I'm triggered and start to create these immediate shifts in what was possible and recognize pretty quick. That's how it worked.
0: Wow. That's interesting. So let's go through this for a second. In a particular situation, say, for instance, the craving of something and you mentioned pause. Okay. What are you doing in that pause?
1: Yeah. So that's the key, right? I'll say what I'm going to say, but I want everyone to know that you do not have to do what I did to figure this out. All you need to know is that these practices work in everyday life. I immersed myself in a sport, rock climbing, that taught me how to do this. Now. So just so we're clear, we, we, In modern society, in my background, I have a degree in sociology. So I spent a lot of time learning about human adaptation in the modern world. We have lost touch with our ability to adapt to the amount of stress we're under in the modern world. So what that does is it puts us in a state where most of our lives are lived in a triggered, reactive, anxious, fearful, worry, uncertain state. That's your fight or flight. We don't know it. We don't realize we're working at a diminished capacity with our brain function. We're lacking focus and motivation and clarity our bodies inflamed hormones imbalanced we're craving all sorts of things this all comes from the stress response now most of us don't train our nervous system to be at peace Mm -hmm. because we don't even realize we're in a fight or flight state and we haven't been taught how to train it rock climbing is another form of a stress response Mm -hmm. but it's one that is a real fight or flight response that if you do not train yourself to reset it you actually could die You wake up in the morning as a parent and your kids are screaming and yelling and you're feeling triggered by your kids or your partner. You have resenting thoughts to your partner. And this is a lot of the work that I do is with parents. The brain locks into these patterns of creating a a reactivity around your kids or around your partner. And you don't even realize you're stuck in a fight or flight loop, but you've never trained your brain to let go of the use of your kids and your partner. My brain started using climbing as a source of a trigger But I had to reset it in order to do the next move, in order to finish the climb. And I would spend hours and hours a day for years training my nervous system to be at peace in the climbing scenario. But what that taught me was that we as humans have so much more power to control our stress response than we've ever been told. And that's in relation to working with the moments of life. In the moment of life, you have the ability, and this is your question, how do you do that? What's the pause? What are you doing in that pause? This is the beauty of life. When we learn how to work with that pause, you have choice. And so what I learned was that I could utilize my breath in under a minute to reset my nervous system back into a peaceful state from that fight or flight state, less than a minute. Now, for those of us who've suffered with ADHD and adult ADHD, which is very common, Yes. This is something that we're not told. I was never told that I can work with my mind, my ADHD brain in a way where I can work with my nervous system to create peace for my mind to think cleaner and clearer. and can do it in less than a minute. I was told for years, oh, you should start a meditation practice. That's gonna help a ton. And I appreciate that. But the relationship between the brain and the nervous system is 24 seven and it's on. And so if we don't learn to nourish that, we miss out on the beauty of presence and what we can control in terms of how we get to live our lives. So the breath practice is called heart flow. 33 seconds is all it takes. It's a four seconds in, seven seconds out, three times, four in, seven out, four in, seven out. The details are in the download for anybody who really wants to go through this. The key is that, and we know there's thousands of breath work out there. What I needed and what my clients very quickly saw success with is, We need something that fits our busy lives, that brings us into a state where it's not about, I got to find a way to fit my fitness program in. I got to find a way to fit my diet in.
0: Yeah,
1: It just doesn't work that way. But when we start to create peace in our own mind and body throughout the day related to our nervous system, you start to feel your own emotions in a much more sensitive way, but also in a much more beautiful way where you get to play with your own emotional frequency your own emotional states. This is what a large part of us have been blocked from since we were kids. In my experience of snuffing my own emotions from being hurt as a child, I didn't know that's what I was missing out on so much was my ability to feel my own emotions, be okay with my emotions, but then also start to play with them in a way where I could manifest more of the happiness I wanted in my life.
0: Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. It's pretty deep.
1: The stress response is such a beautiful thing, but we're not taught as humans, the most powerful part of who we are is how our nervous system is responding to every moment in life. And it has a very intimate relationship with the brain and the heart and the gut, but we're not taught how that's working. What we miss out on is the ability to, as parents specifically, is the ability to do what's called co-regulation, to actually hold our energy in a safe, calm, peaceful, Frequency for our kids to feel safe and loved in.
0: Yeah, I can see the connection right away.
1: It's not our words. Our words are a reflection of our internal energy. It's how we're holding our own energy in the moment. So, again, you wake up in the morning, the kids are not able to get all their clothes on in a timely manner. You're trying to get out the door, and most parents know how that routine is. And you start freaking out. Now you're not providing that safe environment for your kids to feel into their own emotions and they start to block. And react to your reaction. And now you're all just living a fight or flight frequency, emotional state. There's very little joy and fulfillment that can be explored in those moments.
0: This might be very simplistic, what I'm getting ready to say. Okay. But I have a fluffy little Shih Tzu. And <laughs> sometimes I'm concerned with how she interacts with other dogs. So when I have her on the leash, I'm holding on tight. And one of my neighbors said, you know, you just need to relax because she's picking up your energy. So I learned to take a deep breath and relax a little bit, relax how I'm holding her leash. Give her this energy of confidence in just a moment yeah. where she's not picking up my energy because I'm always fearful that she's going to snip or another dog will snip at her.
1: And you probably notice patterns of that in other areas of your life.
0: I have to say, thank you for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for saying that, because as you mentioned earlier, there are many of those moments where you can respond a certain way. It could be driving, it could be mm. at the market, it could be at any other store or just yeah. general where you come across other energy bodies that you yeah. have actually have the semblance of control to a certain degree.
1: I was never taught that the brain is such a beautiful organ, but it is a survival organ. And so the brain starts to use our thoughts to keep getting the energy it wants. So we have on average 70,000 thoughts a day and it starts to learn from a very young age which thoughts that we react to because it's like a computer system. It's just learning. And so ooh, when I give Adam the thought about his self-worth in this way, he feels sad and feels reactive and I get the adrenaline, I get the cortisol that I want. Then Adam goes to the cupboard and he grabs cookies to feel better. Ooh. I get the dopamine I want. That's the brain. That's all it's doing. We have just not had the right tool to support the brain to let go of that, to let go of the need to keep us stuck in a triggered response. And so if we don't know how to help the brain to feel safe and feel loved through our nervous system, you live a fraction of who you really are for your entire life. Then you get to your deathbed. And most people that deathbed regret is that I wish I would have lived more.
0: I'm having more and more conversations about that recently, that whole thought process. In fact, I was outside and one of the neighbors came out when I was out with my dog, Jada Bear. And He was telling me that his grandchildren were coming over to spend the weekend because they have the grandkids on the weekend. He mentioned that it's really important to spend your time doing things that you enjoy doing, especially with these young ones. His name is Tom. Then he said, I am now realizing that I don't have as much time. My runway is getting shorter, shorter yeah. by the day to
1: yeah.
0: the things and just be in a happy state and enjoy my life. And I was
1: like, ah. And so then we think about this sense of, and this is for kids too, but for adults, this idea of purpose. What's my purpose? What am I supposed to, what's it all meant for? Okay, so if you think in terms of how the brain operates in a desire to keep us locked in a survival state, the fight or flight state. All right. And so what does that look like in terms of how we think? It produces predominantly thoughts in two quadrants, our past and our future. So the 70,000 thoughts start to loop about our childhood experience, the self-esteem, self-worth, the shame, the guilt. Yeah. We start to live a large part of our past as we enter into adulthood. Then when we enter into adulthood, the brain starts to learn. All the stressors of adulthood. And there's four main ones your health, your relationships, your finances, and your career. And so it starts to find all the patterns in those stressors and it starts to loop thoughts about, oh, I need to fix my health. I need to fix my financial situation. I need to, if I can go after this career, I'll be able to do this later or my health this way. So you start living this whole future experience. Now you're locked in a brain that's operating in the past and the future, which is all fight or flight related experiences, but there's no presence. And so if we're after a very specific result, it's important that we know that the result is about bringing these together so that the heart leads the way that we communicate with the brain. And this is presence. In terms of the science or the biology of this, it's the parasympathetic nervous system. Right? The nervous system is an automatic system. It's the autonomic nervous system. It happens automatically. If we're not paying attention to how we can optimize it, you're going to be stuck in your fight or flight response because that's the brain doing what it does. But when we learn to train the nervous system, which is very easy to do, again, we just haven't been taught how to do it. When you train it, throughout your day, not just in a morning meditation, but bring it in micro moments throughout the day of creating peace and calm through your nervous system, through the vagus nerve, from your heart to your brain, you're going to find presence is the correlating result. You will discover a feeling of being present and what it feels like for you. Cause it's like fingerprints. I don't know what it feels like for anybody else. Mm-hmm. I know what it feels like for me. And it's the place where I feel most fulfilled most in a state of growth, but also connected to the feeling of purpose. And it shows up automatically when we hold that energy as our dominant place to live. We don't have to find it. It's not something we're seeking because it doesn't exist in the future. It is already here. We just have to learn to cultivate the relationship with the emotional connection of this moment, the present moment. That's what this process does.
0: You know what's interesting to me is that parents are people, they're individuals have had their own experiences in life. Okay. So whatever those imprints are impacts how they do respond. And then they have children who are observing as well as absorbing what they see and what they feel. Parents have a great responsibility.
1: It's the co-regulation. If we don't know as parents how to regulate our own response to life and have presence, that calm, parasympathetic state as the dominant energy, your kids are going to suffer. And you know it because they're going to be constantly seeking access to two dominant things as kids, the two that are not illegal for them to have access to, which trigger the brain in terms of the dopamine energy. And those two dominant cravings that kids are locked into, because of how the brain's designed, is the screens and sugar. Now, as they get older and they get access to alcohol and drugs and potentially shopping, pornography, gambling, the other, there's so many, there's a lot of healthy ones that hopefully there's a way to nourish the relationship. Like you mentioned before, I think we started about how my kids, we spend a lot of time out in nature together. That's a healthy access to dopamine versus sitting in front of a screen and just having the brain just constantly triggered like they're on cocaine, it's really difficult for parents to manage their stress response around their kid's stress response.
0: No doubt. No doubt. And if the parents are on their own devices, and this is what the children are seeing, That's it. a conundrum, yeah. almost the blind leading the blind. So let's talk a little yeah. bit about how you manage that within your family.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. Again, this isn't about being perfect, because we're not. I was at the, the Dairy Queen drive through yesterday with the kids getting ice cream. It's <laughs> like we can't put the health and wellness guru type thing on a pedestal. It's like we're human beings and it's not perfect. But if we know at least 80% of our lives are focused on being grounded, being inside of a powerful choice, you're going to have the most beautiful life versus the other way where 80% is just in fight or flight trigger. You're going to have a very upsetting, very, very stressful life. And you know where you are based off of that. So the idea here is to recognize that if you are in that 80% just constantly triggered and trying to figure it out, the solutions aren't in chasing another fix of a diet fitness program. It's about, and what we do in our house, it's about creating opportunities for the kids and us as parents, my wife and I, who we've been married almost 15 years now, cultivate a relationship with peace, with calm, with presence. And so how that looks for us is in the moments We wake up in the morning. There's a lot of very intimate interaction where I'm down low with my kids, looking in their eyes, hearing what their needs are. If I'm distracted right away, they're going right to access to screens. It's like I have to be at peace, very connected to them so that they feel the safety inside their own mind to then explore what else can I do? And usually they'll find something creative to do, whether it's art or a drawing or maybe in the kitchen. They like to play in the kitchen now. So that's our morning routine. When they come home at the end of school, I'm fortunate I'm able to be here for them. And so we tend to go outside. We tend to do things in nature because nature is just such a beautiful immediate access to the parasympathetic nervous system. You lock an animal in a cage and it's not going to be happy, but you put them outside and let them roam free. You see it with your kids. It's a completely different state of being. Now, the whole time that we do this process with our kids, we're constantly educating them on what is happening inside of their own body, what is happening inside their own mind. It's always the same discussion. Your brain is your brain. It's not you. In terms of, there's so many labels being put on kids now, like myself, when I was diagnosed ADHD and anxiety. My daughter comes home from school and she talks about all the kids who are wearing their anxiety like it's a badge.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: And so it's important that there's this communication around what is actually happening inside of an anxious child so that my daughter doesn't identify and let her brain use it to keep her locked in these triggered states so they know the breath practice heart flow and they know that's the number one tool that we use in our house constantly my daughter just now they left on the bus she's 11 so she's learning how to use the public bus with my son my son's nine and she says daddy I'm going to go with Jacob. We're going to go down into the, we have a small community, so it's not a huge city center, but, and I'm going to do lots of breathing. I'm going to make sure before we buy anything, I'm going to breathe and I'm going to make sure it's something that we want to have before I react to it. And I was like, all right, that's what we want. That's the only thing we want from our kids is the understanding that it's about creating these moments of presence to make powerful choices from. That's beautiful.
0: That's amazing. It really is.
1: It's not easy, though. It's not easy.
0: I think what complicates it for a lot of parents is the influence from other children.
1: Huge. And even other caregivers. I mean, at school, most caregivers don't know how to calm their own energy down. Mm -hmm. Most teachers are very stressed out in their professions, and it's very hard for them to create an environment where kids feel energetically safe and calm and peaceful. So school settings are quite demanding on kids, and then they have the peer interaction And what's happening in all of those kids' households, how many of those parents know how to regulate their own response to stress? It's very few. And then you have all the modern society pieces of how much of the media keeps perpetuating fear and anxiety in our households. So we're up against it. The biggest impact is on our health, mental and physical health. And then we're relying on a medical system, Mm. which is a whole other discussion, but it's feeding off of our sickness. And again, I love to make this as simple as possible because it really is. It comes back to the power of your own nervous system and training your nervous system to be at peace, which ultimately gives you access to your own healing in every way possible. But it comes from the presence that brings that.
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. You mentioned about living in the past and bringing the past into the present. A lot of people spend a lot of time in nostalgia. What I mean by that is, Constantly living in the past. Yeah. And speaking it into the present and then thinking about how it's impacting them or will impact them in the future.
1: How can I optimize now? The industries that we have available for us to start to try and feel better, I'm not knocking them. When you think of counseling and therapy, and a lot of that is just focused on fixing the trauma, figuring out the trauma, the shadow work for men and I get it, but presence, if you learn how to cultivate a relationship with presence, biologically, it's not just words. Oh, I'm going to live more present now. No, it's creating a biological state of presence. And in that, you don't have to fix your trauma. You don't have to figure out your trauma from when you're a child. What presence does is it gives you a space to explore the emotions that have been stuck, the emotions that you have snuffed out from feeling for so long. And at the same time in presence, you get to learn how to play with new emotions, emotions of feeling proud about yourself, emotions of feeling proud about the people around you, emotions of feeling really happy and excited for who you are and how you get to live now. And that's a state that most of us don't even know how that feels. And that's part of that six-step process, that step number three. We have to get in touch with that emotional state. Learn how to feel in the present moment, the feelings that you haven't really felt a lot of in a way where that becomes who you really are as you move forward in your life.
0: It feels good just listening to you talk about it. (laughs) I feel good about what I'm hearing. I really do feel good about that. It
1: it took me a long time to feel those emotions. I know the male experience in this, but I have a lot of female clients, a lot of moms who say very much the same way that they, from a very young age, had to at some point become the adult of the family from whatever a split or however that worked. So all of a sudden you don't get to explore your emotions the same way and you've been hurt in some capacity. So you don't truly know what it feels like to fully embrace the emotions of love and self-love and self-reflection in this way. And it took me quite a while to understand my own emotional feelings around that self-love and feeling proud for myself. Mm -hmm. It took a lot of practice every day you know, these six steps, I was practicing them. Eventually, it became an energy that was undeniable, that was becoming more and more of my life as my life was unfolding. It was just showing up in ways where it was like, ooh, this feels really good. This feels really good. This feels really good this feels way better than I used to feel. And all I'm doing is shifting my own energy in the moments of my life.
0: It puts a smile on my face because <laughs> it's, it's awesome. hopeful that if there's anyone who's listening or watching on YouTube, our time together and our talk, they can have a sense of hope, especially if there's a struggle, yeah, like internal struggle or something that they've been dealing with for a while that they would like to get resolved. You mentioned It may not be about the therapy or peeling back the layers or doing a regressive type of focus where you're trying to identify exactly what that thing was, that trigger was. Yeah. I just just have this mentality. I don't know why. Is that I cannot undo anything in the past. I can't do anything about that. Yeah. I have responsibility for now and taking that personal responsibility. Of my life.
1: Yeah. And that's all we ever have access to. And if we learn how to play with that more and become familiar with the feeling of what now feels like, it just keeps putting you in the place of choice because you start to recognize the feelings that you don't want when they show up, you're recognizing, well, that's coming from a thought that actually I don't like anymore. But now you have the right system, the right structure on how to work with that thought in a way where it doesn't sabotage you anymore. And that's the key. You have to have the right tools and the right support around you. Otherwise, you know, it's tricky because one, the brain doesn't like it, doesn't want you to know how to create that space. And two, most of our relationships are with people who are also living in that state of distraction. So we need to be around people who get this.
0: That's what we talked about yesterday, my nephew and I actually. And that's a critical factor. Is how to build or create your own ecosystem of people who are on or within that same space of understanding and support. That can be difficult depending on where they live or the community that they have been connected to that is not serving them very well.
1: And that's where I recommend if you are going to seek out support, keep in mind this concept. That's not a concept, but the science of co-regulation. You want to have somebody who you rely on in your support structure, who deeply understands what that is, co-regulation. Somebody who knows how to hold space inside of their own energy. So they're not bringing their disruptive energy to your support structure. Most, again, I'm mindful of how I say this, but a lot of therapists, a lot of psychologists, a lot of counselors, They are living very triggered lives. And if you're choosing a therapist who you don't know if they even know what co-regulation is all about and how to do, that's not ideal support. You want somebody who knows how to regulate their own response to life energetically so that when you come into their space, they have the capacity to guide you. We need more of that.
0: And now you can use your, your mobile device to identify a therapist someone you can talk to i don't know these people
1: you want to know their life experience and you want to know how they're managing it how what are you like before i would hire any therapist or coach anybody is how do you manage the stress of your life the funny part of that is in relationships so uh, there's a the common thing is to before you start to really consider spending any long term time with a partner you go on vacation with them Right? Oh, the idea is you go on vacation and you get to see how they respond to the stress of vacation.
0: Right, yeah, yeah.
1: So that's going to give you a huge indication if it's a partner that you want to be with at, for long-term is how do they respond to the stresses of life? It's the same for any support structure you're tapping into. You want to make sure they can handle some of that. But there is a beautiful part of the extension of this work. Like once you've gone through my process specifically and you spent some time doing it and you're now in a calmer state, And now you're co-regulating your family. You're co-regulating more people in your community. You also have the ability to manifest more people to serve. This is for me, it's the purpose piece. It's the feeling of fulfillment is when I get to be in a state of my own regulation in the presence of another human being to help absorb some of their reactive energy so that they feel more peace and calm. It's the most beautiful feeling that I have ever experienced. And it's how I manifested my coaching company. And we all know that we want to be in service more. Being in service tends to be a self-sabotaging reactive behavior because it's an avoidance of our own stuff. So we rather just serve everybody else, serve everybody else. But what we end up doing is absorbing the energy without the ability to actually recover from that. And so we serve, we get depleted. And then at some point, well, I got to set some boundaries because I can't do this. Well... Boundaries are not an external verbal thing. Boundaries are an internal experience. It's you setting boundaries within yourself energetically so that you have the capacity to hold space for yourself, but also then provide that space to support others in their energy.
0: No doubt. That's a beautiful thing right there. I tell you what, we can talk for days on this.
1: <laughs>
0: really good stuff. Really good and stuff. It's
1: fun. It's fun.
0: I'm really pleased that we had the opportunity to make the connection and to set this time to get to know each other and get to know each other's space. Let's talk a little bit about what's next for Adam Hart.
1: Yeah. Again, it's the manifestation of, of my own emotions. That's the core of manifestation is coming from your own emotional frequency, which comes from your nervous system. A lot of us don't know this and it's the missing link in all the law of attraction work out there is Your emotional frequency is held in your nervous system, and that's what's playing with the quantum field. So as you learn to regulate in your life all day long, then you find yourself in the emotional frequency of what you do want. That's a beautiful thing. But you're also manifesting being in service to more people, even more. So what's next for me is this continuation of growth and community. Growth and being surrounded by others who recognize the power within themselves recognize the desire to grow a connection to the power within themselves and being able to hold space in more community of us exploring the full impact of that power. And what does that look like in the collaborative sense? That's my life. I have a coaching program that helps people tap into this, but then I'm constantly being mindful of the manifestations of opportunities to expand the growth of this energy. It's a big life playground.
0: How can our listeners get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, the website is clearimpact.io. And right now on there is the Unleash Your Energy Roadmap, the six steps. It's a free download. Go ahead and grab it. And if anybody wants to reach out personally, you can do that through email at adam at clearimpact.io. And yeah, happy to chat with anybody who resonates with this message. Awesome, Jeanette. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate you. You definitely have a glowing energy. And as soon as we got on, I could tell and feel it. So I appreciate you and how you show up. So very
0: nice of you thank you so much for your time today thank you for tuning in to this episode of the next chapter experience if you have already subscribed rated, and left a review, or shared this podcast with a friend, many, many thanks. For questions, comments, or feedback, reach out to me at Jeanette Lisette at NextChapterExperience.com. We'll be back with more conversations, so until then, keep that fire burning.